Hi, and welcome to the Heartseed Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goldstein, and together we're learning to cultivate health and nourish life as we talk to inspiring people about heart-opening, soul-enlivening, and body-enhancing practices, techniques, and methods. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're coming back for more, welcome back, and I hope you enjoy. Today we're here with Sarah Emmett. Sarah Emmett and I um, have a, a long history of, of friendship and relationship, and uh, I'm really excited and happy and honored uh, to get to be connecting with you in this way. Um, for those of you out there who don't know, she's the one who um, created the beautiful musical intro um, to this podcast which I might splice in a little section right here. She awaits the arrival of the rain To wash away her fears, her sorrows and her pains There's no turning back The cocoon begins to crack And, um... Yeah, and that was an original song that she was so kind to let me use here for this. And um, amongst other things, she makes musical medicine um, and is now a practitioner of Ayurvedic medicine as well. And so welcome to the show. Thank you. And I just want to start out a little bit with maybe you introducing yourself and and how you came to... uh, to the medicine that you that you work with. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm really happy to be sharing this with you, Noah. It's really nice to be here, and it's a it's quite a long story <laughs> how I how I came into the musical medicine, and I'll keep it short. Um, but I I mostly came into music through um, it's kind of like coming through the dark to see the light, and so I had to wade through quite a bit of darkness to be able to see myself in the light of music and it started with me being really sick for a long time and struggling to find my voice in fact I was terrified of my own voice and was wading in these deep waters of trying to find myself and terrified of who I was who I am and my voice is such a huge part of who I am. So for so long, I pushed it away out of fear until finally I, I got so sick that I couldn't deny it anymore. I actually had tumors form in my, at the base of my neck, this perfectly beautiful place that is um, the, the channel from my heart to my mouth where my voice comes from Mm -hmm. and this block shows up there and it's like oh perfect thanks for (laughs) for really showing me what's going on here and the greatest medicine to healing myself from this and it ended up being um, a pretty aggressive type of cancer 
was to sing. I literally sang myself into wellness. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard this every time I hear the story. It's like (laughs) just so. And yeah. And I I mean, I think you you have been gifted with such a beautiful um, and potent voice. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that the universe and your body wouldn't let you hold that gift back is 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 pretty magical it is it's totally magical (laughs) i agree um and so beyond so so you sort of developed this this um your voice Mm -hmm. and your musical skills and um and and now you're you've added into that sort of a whole nother world of, of ayurveda Yes, and they they do pair nicely, mm. I'm finding. Um, I haven't quite figured out how to bridge as, um, as what I do in the world, as being a musician and an Ayurvedic counselor to, to bring those together um, in tandem. Wow. It's, I mean, I mean I, <laughs> playing live music in <laughs> yoga classes. That's helpful. Which you've done, <laughs> yes. which is amazing. Yeah. Is, is a good beginning. To yeah. Too. It's a, I mean, yeah, that's huge. I love um, being able to share my voice in places that are um, like yoga classes that are so strong in the Vedas, which is what Ayurveda is born from, the Vedas. Mm. And what's so beautiful is when I first started dancing in the world of Ayurveda, I learned very quickly that Ayurveda is basically the seeds of Ayurveda are sutras, which originally were sung. Mm. Um, Mm. And so the foundation of Ayurveda is song. And, and the sutras are how the whole medicine was passed down for thousands of years. Ayurveda is um, at least 5,000 years old, they say. Mm. So for, for so, so long in human history, this, beautiful medicine has been passed down through through the vocal cords and through this this heart resonance and these sutras all basically tell us the different angles in which to heal ourselves Mm. through earth medicine it's just incredible i'm so grateful that i found it it's perfect for me (laughs) how did you find it um it it does kind of wrap back into the in the time when I was in the, in the sickness and, um, and I'd say the darkness, even though darkness kind of gets its a bad connotation, I think it was a really beautiful time because in this time of darkness and sickness, the, it was so fertile Mm. and all of these amazing doors are opening just out of nowhere. And Ayurveda was one of them, one of the many doors that opened. There was, I mean, I, I went to so many different medicines just seeking and checking out how how does one heal themselves from something and is there other ways besides Western medicine? And I don't knock Western medicine. it's It helped me as well, but I think there's so many facets to healing ourselves and there's not just one way. There's so many ways. And so Ayurveda came in right in the beginning and um, in the time... In the time I was diagnosed, I was living in northern Washington and in this tiny town called Bellingham. 
And I just happened to live a few blocks away from this Ayurvedic clinic and Mm. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of, for lack of a better word, desperate. Mm -hmm. And I just walked in the door and said, Hey, here's what's going on with me. What does Ayurveda have to say about it? And Ayurveda had some amazing things to say about it. You know, they looked at my tongue, felt my pulse and told me my makeup based on the five elements. Mm. And this was something I had never heard before. You mean I'm made out of the five elements? (laughs) What a concept this is. And all I have to do is bring those elements back into the balance that they want to be in and I can heal. Wow. Yeah. Great. I'm in. Mm. (laughs) Wow. And so, um, what exactly like, yeah, what exactly happened from there? Um, so I, I studied with a practitioner in Bellingham for a little while, and then I got picked up by other medicines eventually um, and started traveling. And so I went south and went to Costa Rica and studied with plant medicines down there for a while. And, and then I moved to Bali and I studied meditation. And, mm. and the whole time, these every turn on the path was so good guided it was Mm -hmm. so everything i did i just knew that this is the next step in the healing and this is what's supporting me in being alive right now and and this is supporting me in finding my happy which ultimately i believe is the greatest trick to healing that if we're not happy how could Mm. we ever be well yeah and so that was where i really found the greatest wellness was in finding my smile oh that's so beautiful there's um there's an eco-psychologist named Bill Plotkin, hmm. and he, he paints this picture of the a model of human development. And he calls this stage between like late adolescence and early adulthood, the, the wanderer in the cocoon. <laughs> and it is this descent into soul, into the darkness where everything's confusing and mixed up, and there's usually some some pain and suffering that that needs to be confronted and explored. Um, But when there's a surrender to that process and instead of fighting that process and when there's support around you to, to actually live through it, then, um, then guides come in and, and, and yeah, I just, I can, I feel and hear the blessing and like what you got to Mm. go through. And I think one of the, you know, cultural challenges we have, nowadays is you know people either going straight into college or straight out of college into a career and and not really honoring that like it's actually healthy and normal to feel lost and to be lost for for some period of your early adulthood going through this transition and to actually go into the darkness and surrender into it and yes um and just trust that the right things will come along yes absolutely yeah that's it. Mm. Cool. So, um, so you you went through this meandering journey, and you you picked up a whole bunch of different things, and here you are. Why don't you? So you 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 begin to touch on what Ayurveda is, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of commonalities between Ayurveda and Chinese medicine. Which is something yes. I really appreciate when you know I'm co-treating somebody with somebody who's already working with someone who does Ayurveda or that there's sort of some sense of 
of resonance there, you know, coming from the same region of the world and see the body in similar ways. So why don't you, why don't you share specifically a little bit more about like what Ayurveda is and how it works and how it treats illness. Okay, great. Um, Ayurveda literally translated, translates to say the science of life or the knowledge of life. And to me, I just have to, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's funny to think that, you know, the sort of Western science of life is biology uh-huh. <laughs> and has a very different sort of orientation yeah, and feel and experience. <laughs> That's a really good point. I've never actually thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Totally true. Yes. Ayurveda sees that science of life from a different angle yeah, than biology so, does yeah. indeed. <laughs> so let's explore that angle. Okay. Um, so Not that that angle isn't valuable. In right. Its it's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're both valuable. And in fact, biology is such a part of Ayurveda and there, and it's so intertwined and ingrained. Um, in, in my opinion, Ayurveda has a bit broader of a lens, um, because it integrates spirit mm. and, and that's, what's so attractive about it to me that there is, there is realness in the metaphysical and there is realness in the, the the knowing that that we are made of stars mm. and earth mm-hmm. and that the power of breath is it is life there's so much emphasis this is prana our life force and so so the in studying the science of life we're studying all these things we're studying the five elements we're studying how prana moves through the body mm-hmm. we're studying the, the the foundations are the doshas and doshas basically means constitutions um and so the three main doshas are vata pitta and kapha and each of these doshas basically create us and they do this beautiful dance within our body and every single person has their own unique combination of the doshas. Even though there's three of them, there's no single person in the whole entire world who will express their doshas the same way as mm. someone else. Mm-hmm. We're snowflakes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so pitta is the fire, the fire and the water, and vata is the air and the ether, and kapha is the water and the earth. And between these three makeups... This is how we we are study ourselves mm. and ultimately to become to come into health we find our way back into our original constitution the way we came into the world mm. and so everything that we do as ayurvedic practitioners is to bring bring the body back into balance with who we originally are Mm. who who we're meant to be right now so it's almost like a, a journey of, of like both self-discovery mm. rediscovery perhaps yeah rediscovery and, um and m- a movement towards authentic expression mm. of self uh, in terms yes. of f- both on a physical level but also on a psychological and spiritual level absolutely like, okay. yeah yeah i think just like everything else it's 
it's all the journey back to self. Mm. So that's like really beautiful and poetic and I'm imagining some, there's someone out there wondering like, well, okay, but like, so what does that actually mean? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, um, what does it mean to step into the office of a, of an Ayurvedic practitioner? Sure. And, and, and on what does a that practical look like? level, what yeah. is, what, it, you know, what is an Ayurvedic treatment or consultation right. look like? Right. Or? The foundations of the treatments are in diet and lifestyle. Okay. Herbs come into play beautifully and we have what's called marma which is kind of ayurveda's version of acupuncture and it's uh -huh. more like acupressure okay. um, and so we have other tools but in my opinion i think the diet and the lifestyle are where ayurveda really shines in their healing practices mm -hmm. and so that's where my main focus is and so when a client comes to see me i am really evaluating how are you living your life what's mm -hmm. going into your body how is it coming back out mm -hmm. um how is your breathing how is your pulse um what kind of what kind of things are going on in the gi tract and the gi tract is the foundation of everything mm -hmm. and if we can figure out what's going on there then i believe that any disease can be can be at least um uh given medicine to and eased with help with working with the gi mm -hmm. um so that's really where my main okay. focus is 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 um you know what time are you waking up what time are you going to sleep um do you have kids are you are you working 80 hours a week you know there's every single factor mm -hmm. influences how healthy we are yeah and so to go in and see how one is aligning with nature is is to is to see how one is aligning with their lifestyle and their right. diet and that's where my focus is and it sometimes to me seems so simple i'm like oh that's all i do is figure out what people eat and help them figure out what to what to eat that's aligned with their doshas uh -huh. and yet it is profound the healing that can happen when one does align with that wow so what like what have you seen what have you seen change or can you give an example of, of a patient who person who came in and they they had this issue and these were the recommendations you gave and after a week or a month what what happened yeah um a lot of people come in with sleep issues. Mm. I think this is something that, especially in our society, a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, I see um, it. A yeah, lot too, I'm sure yeah. you do. Yeah, and um, the way Ayurveda sees it, most commonly, it's a vata issue. There's too much air in the mm. body, mm -hmm. and air, too much air in the body, creates anxiety mm -hmm. and it creates movement. And there's times when we when we need that movement to move us through our lives, and it's a it's beneficial and there's times when too much movement is not great like when we're trying to sleep right. <laughs> you know we want yeah. less air we want more earth uh -huh. so um so some practices i would give someone who came to me with who who has insomnia or wakes up several times throughout the night is um i'd work with heavier foods throughout the day because mm. to set up someone throughout the day with a diet that's going to help them sleep. Mm -hmm. People don't think that it's like, well, how does what I eat for breakfast influence how I sleep at, at 10 o'clock at night? Right. Um, 
but it does. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. really does. Yeah. And and people don't really believe it until they do it. And all of a sudden they're like, wait, all you all I have to do is put ghee on everything and I <laughs> and I can sleep. And yeah. for, for several people, yes. Yeah. <laughs> ghee is incredible and can absolutely help people sleep. Um, and then there's amazing breathing and techniques. And for those who and, don't know, ghee is yes. clarified butter. <laughs> so it, it's the, yeah, basically take butter mm-hmm. and they boil off this the milk solids and it becomes this very clear um form of of cooking oil Mm -hmm. that is both incredibly nutritious and delicious yes so delicious yeah it's the amrita the the nectar Mm -hmm. of ayurveda Mm -hmm. we it's such a a beautiful medicine that we use a lot yeah Ayurveda. so thanks for explaining that it's one of my favorite things in the world Mm. (laughs) and i uh, I make it and use it all the time for, yeah. for many things. Um, so y- yeah, I mean, there's simple things that can create such huge changes in people's lives. And, you know, especially for myself, I, I had been going to doctors for years and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, all I need to do is eat at this certain time and, and avoid that food. And, right. um, and for me, I was willing to do that and the changes, were drastic yeah i mean i see similar things and one of my favorite like sleep tonic recommendations is molasses Mm, which is like the dark gooey heavy Uh kind of syrup that you could put in tea before you go to bed or on your oatmeal in the morning or both and then um it's so full of rich minerals that are really calming for the whole system it like nourishes the heart blood Uh which is allows us to sleep so yeah so that's um it's a good one yeah. yeah and and part of i'm always hoping to sort of for me and for the people on the show to sort of share like practical tips of like oh well, now if you're listening and you're having trouble sleeping <laughs> yeah try adding ghee to Put everything some ghee on, you know. on everything you eat yeah, yeah. um cool that I mean, that's are there any other like examples or things that you trends that you see frequently or that you feel like are worth sharing? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the GI tract, there's, there's definitely some common, common issues that walk through the door. Um, again, constipation is a, Mm. is a Vata issue. Again, too much air in the body, air creates dryness. Mm. Um, so in the colon, if there's too much dryness, then it's, it's creating stuckness and that's constipation. And a lot of people come and, and I think the reason why Vata is so high in our, in our culture, I think, um, technology has something to do with it. I think our fast paced life has something to do with it. We're not taking the time to slow down and really, you know, chew our food Uh. and breathe from our bellies and drink enough water and take time. And, the quickness of everything increases that air in the body. Mm. And so the increasing the air will create the sleep problems. It will create the constipation. And again, a lot of the treatments are the same for that too. Ghee is an amazing, amazing way to heal constipation that doesn't require any medication. It tastes amazing. (laughs) You can add it to everything and with it, with the right quantities, ghee can, can cure big diseases um when and just when it comes to that dryness anything mm -hmm. that's going to lubricate exactly you saw the seeds Uh you know sesame seeds Mm -hmm. um 
yeah, any of that. and oils in general, oils you know, and, not right. not just ghee, but like you know, whenever you can get the oils in, I think, um, especially with people who have a lot of air in their bodies, the the this is something that I didn't realize until I started studying Ayurveda. But the opposite of dry isn't wet water. The opposite of dry is oil. Uh-huh. Um, because think about when you get out of the shower yeah. and your skin is dry, right? Uh-huh. The water oh, dries yeah. up. Right. Um, so, so yes, we need to drink our water. Absolutely. But if we're trying to heal an imbalance with air, water isn't necessarily going to help that. It's the oils okay. that are going to help that. That's what's lubricating. Right. And that's why we put in Colorado anyways, we put lotion on and that sort of uh-huh. thing to keep from cracked skin. Yeah. It's not the water that's going right. to keep our skin from cracking. It's the oils. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We were at uh, Valley View Hot Springs a few weeks ago and, you know, we're constantly soaking in this deliciously warm water mm-hmm. and, but after a day or two, I was like feeling super dry. And I was yeah. like, oh man, next time I have to remember to bring some oil and uh-huh. just like oil up every night and every morning. And that also helped lock in the moisture. So Absolutely. it can go into the water and it won't pull it out of you mm-hmm. in the same kind of way. And that's a great treatment actually that you're talking about in Ayurveda. We call this Abhyanga, which is massage basically. And, uh, and, um, and it, and surprisingly people think like, well, if I do a massage on my body, how is that going to keep me from being constipated? <laughs> uh-huh. It absolutely can keep yeah. you from being constipated. It will bring the anxiety down. It will help with so many issues. And, and basically all it entails is putting a bunch of oil on. Yeah. Um, and generally it's prescribed right before a shower. Uh-huh. So to, to put a bunch of, um, it's better if it's warm oil, but any oil is great. And, and, there's different oils for different seasons, of course, and that gets a little more complicated. That's where I start working one-on-one with people because Uh different doshas require different oils. But in general, like a nice sesame oil to put on the body before a shower, take a shower, let the heat bring the oil into the body Mm. and it works wonders. I mean, arthritis can be healed Mm. with this. And um, I mean, of course not, I mean, in the beginning stages of arthritis, this is a really amazing right. technique to work with Yeah, because bringing that lubrication into the joints is, right. is often all the joints are asking for. Yeah. Rachel and I, I mean, we call them silk baths yes. <laughs> and, and it's really, I mean, it's amazing, you know, once a week, twice a week, mm-hmm. just kind of doing that. It makes a big difference. Yeah. And yeah. it's not, it seems kind of daunting to some people in the beginning of like, Oh, I have to spend all this time rubbing all this oil on. But for myself and for many people that I've recommended it to, it becomes a ritual of self love Yeah, where it's not just about putting oil on the body to help the joints and the GI. Uh It becomes this time that we get with ourselves that we rarely get with ourselves to say, Hey body, thank you. I love you. You're doing great. No matter what's going on, I'm here for you. Mm. I got you. Here's some oil. <laughs> so well said. And you know, and it, it's funny when be, there are, there are certain things that will like feels like oh it takes so long, when like really what is it taking? And three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. It's maybe true. it's even yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. But like okay, so you're on Instagram for ten minutes <laughs> exactly. less, or you know you don't watch the show until ten minutes, or you go to bed ten minutes uh-huh. later. You know, it's it's sort of it's the type of extra time that doesn't, you know, you wouldn't want to do it in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, where you're trying to get out the door necessarily, but right. you know, if you're doing it at the end of the day in the evening and it sort of just makes sense. Yeah. It's great at the end of the day too. Yeah. It helps sleep. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Cool. Well, that was really so. Here's a question: in in Chinese medicine, so somebody comes in with constipation, mm-hmm. there is a a few different patterns of disharmony that I would sort of be trying to differentiate between mm-hmm. that would um, orient my treatment. Like there's you know there's constipation from dryness, but there could also be constipation from stagnation, mm-hmm. like a lack of movement. Right. There can be constipation from uh, blood deficiency, which is usually tied to dryness, right? Uh-huh. But, um, and so I'm just curious if if you have a similar kind of lens or perspective in, in Ayurveda when you're looking at something, oh, the, it, for different people, there's going to be different things causing the same symptom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, everybody's a snowflake, so right. no, no symptoms are going to present exactly the same. Uh-huh. Um, this is where the pulse comes in and this okay. is where i find that um that's it, diagnostically it's really helpful to be able to get into the pulse and feel like okay so yes there's dryness in the colon that's definitely the cause uh-huh. or to feel like actually there's something stuck like way up further in the gi and that's probably ending up causing the mm. the the constipation but it's not exact because of the colon it's something else and mm-hmm. and my i have to just give a, a big grateful shout out to my teacher dr laud is mm-hmm. a master on the pulse and i've had the great privilege of learning from him mm. and while i'm nowhere near what he can do and maybe never will be um i he has he sat hours with me and and just very simply gone over how to read a pulse and it's an incredibly complex system and one of the most profound things I've ever gotten the experience to learn and so coming at any any body from the pulse and being able to see like okay is this this is going on here and this is causing this and this is causing this is so helpful (laughs) it's really really helpful to have this tool and to not just guess from people's um testimonies what's going on right um which is huge that's very helpful of course but to have another angle in to see what somebody's going through is Mm. just what an amazing thing yeah it's another like another diagnostic tool yeah yeah i i think people underestimate i mean in the western world the pulse you know you feel like how many beats per minute or whatever mm-hmm. and how strong it is. And, you know, I'm often feeling people's pulses and feeling them on both sides and um, explaining that, like, actually th- the blood is carrying mm-hmm. the force of life. And yes. it is feeling the pulse is a way to come into contact with, the life force that's flowing through a person yeah and um it sometimes seems a little strange almost uh certainly to our more like western sensibilities that you can get such levels of nuanced information from the pulse but yeah it's 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 powerful um diagnostic tool when when Mm -hmm. the skills are well honed and i going back into the sort of musical realm um there's an idea that you know we all are resonating Mm -hmm. with our 
our energy and 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 there's there's almost like you can feel different different resonances at different levels and are those are those in harmony with each other and with the the deeper essence of a person uh is often a um what 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 you're looking at right and then um as a practitioner your own health creates a resonance that then other people can attune to not to say that we as practitioners are like always perfectly healthy or trying to be some like golden you know false reality but that like um through practice and self-cultivation there's a way to sort of hopefully at least resonate at a frequency that allows somebody else to fall into harmony with themselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, sorry, that was kind of a little thing. Yeah, no, I, um, I appreciate that. It's, I mean, you've been pulse reading for a long time. This is something that you've, uh, a skill that you've had to hone for a while and it's something it's so respected it's it's something that takes years and years mm-hmm. and years and i'm in the beginning stages and so to to learn mm-hmm. from you is nice too i appreciate mm-hmm. the the words thanks yeah. yeah um so it sounds like um well first i just how often i'm curious like do you usually see people because i i kind of have a multi-phase approach mm-hmm. where people will come in you know usually we're really focused on whatever their symptoms are and whatever's you know the active complaints and issues that somebody's dealing with and that i'm usually seeing people weekly with acupuncture and maybe sometimes herbs and that you know lasts however long it needs to last and then we'll transition into what i call phase two where Mm -hmm. you know their symptoms are pretty much taken care of but we don't want them to fall back into old patterns and um and we want to continue sort of building a stronger base and so there's more skills development as well as just doing that work and so then maybe it's every other week or every third week and then you know at a certain point there's sort of like this graduation into phase three which is really just maintenance and Mm -hmm. self uh self-care um and personal growth and that can whatever somebody wants to come in once a month somebody wants to come in once a quarter once a season whatever it is but um but there is like yeah so i sort of front load it with you know seeing people frequently and uh but so i'm curious how you work with people in that way yeah um i like how you do that the phases Mm. (laughs) um ayurveda also likes the consistency Mm. because to see someone i like every two weeks every three weeks is okay um more than that, people start to kind of trail out of their practices that they've yeah. been given, yeah. and and so to see every to see someone every two weeks is is ideal, mm-hmm. and um, and it's just enough time for them to really drop into their practices because right. a lot of the things that I'm giving people are are diet and lifestyle. So they're so maybe it's a meditation or a pranayama uh, breathwork technique, or maybe it's try eating this for breakfast every day or what happens when you wake up at this time or or if i'm giving a a sleep aid then you know like i want to check in in two weeks and say hey did it help right if it did great we're going to continue it and maybe add some things in if it didn't then okay we targeted the wrong dosha we're going to go at a different angle and see 
you know, and, and this is the thing, you know, we're very complex creatures. Yeah. And so sometimes the diagnostic side of things is, is harder than the treatment. A uh-huh. lot of times it's harder than the treatment because to figure out what's going on in this complex system, all these systems making up one system, it takes time. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It was, so I used to sort of hold myself to the standard that I'm supposed to know everything and have all the (laughs) answers and know it right away. And it it really, it wasn't until um, I went back to school for my doctoral program Mm. and I was shadowing um, an oncologist. Oh, wow. And I would ask him, you know, questions sort of in between and, and patients would ask him questions and he had no qualms about saying, oh, I don't know. You know, you should talk to this other doctor or you should, you know, consult this or and I was like, oh, yeah, like I don't have to know. I can't know everything. And like ultimately, you know, I'm here in service of and, you know, always doing my best. And sometimes things, you know, you have to try something out before you figure out what what's the right dose or what's, you know, the perfect point combination for somebody or at what point in time is you know and and you don't want to move too fast right you know the same way you don't want to move too slow and and you can really overwhelm someone's system if you know if they're not ready for Mm -hmm. for something sometimes so um so sounds like you're trying to connect with people every other week for yeah yeah that seems like a good yeah it's helpful it's it's helpful for yeah just seeing like you said that we don't want to overwhelm the system but we want to give it just enough to be able to see results that's all we want when we're coming to a practitioner is like hey i want to get better right and that's as practitioners we want people to get better yeah and that's why we're here that's why Mm. we're doing this that's why we're pouring all our love and life into this into doing this we want people to get better because that's healing. Yeah. Other people get better. We get better. It's it's a collective force. It really is. So it's, and we're on a team. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I love that orientation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Do you also do workshops? Yes. Um, later on the summer, I have um, at least one, maybe a couple coming up. Um, okay. Working in tandem with a good friend of mine, Dakota Heinemann at mm. the mother center. And, um, and I'm a yoga teacher as well. And so the, the workshop would be, would be bringing in, um, yogic practices and Ayurveda and with most likely an emphasis on women's health. Cause that's really where yeah. I, I find my, my groove and my passions yeah. is with women's health. So, um, those dates are TBD, but, uh-huh. uh, I will, I will post them up when I have them. And most of these I spread around Facebook and that's pretty the easy way to get a hold of most people cool. is through that social yeah. media. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what that also It's media really amazing. Does. Talk about systems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and you also have a concert coming up, a musical. Yeah, I have some good concerts coming up. Um, I'm playing at the Star House at the end of this month, and the Star yeah, House. Yeah, the Star House. For those of you who have <laughs> never been to the Star House, this is a really good excuse mm, to go up there. Yeah, it's such a special place, and it's actually where I recorded my album. That's true. Yes. yes. So, so the song that is on your podcast, the right. opener song, is on an album called Moon Over Mountains, which I recorded with my sister yeah. in the Star House, and it's. Um, 
it was magical to to record music there because it's such a magical mm-hmm. place. So I have the opportunity of playing music there again with a good friend of mine, and it's actually he is running a a cacao ceremony and a gong bath and oh, then i know it's God. it's gonna be so good on july 28th it's in the afternoon it's 2 p.m uh-huh. and um and then i'll be doing my my serenading after the gong bath and just kind of bringing people back into their bodies um it's quite an opportunity for good juicy healing in the mountains away from the city and um so I'm really looking forward to that event. Yeah. And then I have a couple others coming up later in the summer at the Laughing Goat. I'll be playing in, in August and September. So um, again, those will just be posted around. Yeah. And you'll see flyers and that sort of thing. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Is there anything? Oh, I want to ask you, how do you define health? Hmm. Well, there's the way that Ayurveda defines health, which is balance in the doshas and the balance in the the fires in the body, balance in the excretions in the body, and balance in, in the mind and the emotions in the soul. And so I agree with that. And I think that's a beautiful way to define health. And as I said earlier, I really define health as as happiness. I think that they ride in tandem. And for me, happiness and health is being embodied. If I'm really living in my body, if I'm really here and present, that's when I find health and happiness. Mm. Mm. What helps you live in your body and be in the moment mm. and in the present? Good question. Music. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Music really brings me home uh-huh. every time. And children. Uh-huh. I love hanging out with kids, especially your kids. Oh. <laughs> they're really good ones. Um, and they always bring me back to my body too because they're so good at being in their bodies. Yeah. So they're reminders. And that's why I love working with kids. Yeah. And cooking is one that really helps me too. And Ayurveda has taught me how to cook. And I'm so grateful for that because it has, cooking teaches me how to eat and eating teaches me how to digest. And it's this, Mm -hmm. it's this cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so cooking is the beginning of the cycle for me of, of healthy, um, of healthy bringing food into the body bringing substance Mm. into the body is it starts with with gathering the food and preparing it and so yeah yeah that's that's great yeah i mean just on the note of cooking in in chinese medicine we 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 won't really differentiate between well when we say digesting that will apply to digesting information mm-hmm, right as much as it applies to digesting food yeah absolutely and so and this is the first time i'm i'm like really picking up on this but cooking like the act of cooking is is like the first act of digestion yes and yes. and so there's a way that when we're actually engaged ourselves in that act 
we're nourishing our own digestive capacities, mm. right? Like, not only are we taking the care, we're, we're putting energy into the food that's going to help the food release its energy back into us. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, yeah, planting, growing food is the same, same idea. So that's, that, that's great. That's, yeah, nicely um, said. And I find that, that cooking and listening to music and children also yeah. bring me into the present moment. On the note of music, for anyone listening that doesn't know about Mood Boost Mondays, <laughs> Mood Boost Movement, um, you can sign up and you get like a three-song, 10 to 15-minute podcast, uh, not podcast, playlist mm-hmm. with like uplifting kind of good music to get your morning going and your week going. And I just want to make sure people know about that it's great i love it i look forward to it every week Mm. i i I am a follower on that yeah for sure it's good great thank you um great well is there so how can people get in touch with you well i'm in the beginnings of starting my business i just Mm. got back from india doing an internship there with my teacher so i'm getting wait a second you yeah you were doing (laughs) an internship you were also like the teaching assistant for the program yeah 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 i say internship because it's the easiest way to describe okay i did a lot while i was there um but yeah i was working side by side with my teacher i was supporting the teachers i was i got hired to be there which is really as such an incredible opportunity so i got full-on belly deep in Ayurveda in India. And mm. so that's what I was doing for the last most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm back and I'm, I'm getting my feet back on the ground and saying, okay, here I go. I'm going to, I'm going to dig in and, and start helping others. So my business hasn't officially launched yet. Um, but now I'm just, I'm slowly taking in clients and the way most people are reaching me is through email or phone. Um, and my email address is my last name, E M M I T T S the number 16 at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll write that down and put that in. Thank you. (laughs) And I'll actually update the show notes once you have a a website where, great, you know, thank you. Yeah. Soon to come. Soon to come. (laughs) Great. And yeah, I mean, it's funny. There's a way in which like, oh, you can't be a business without a website. But like, there's also (laughs) something so like almost more real and sweet about just like, no, you are Sarah and you know, people can email you and that's that's real. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Is is there anything else you want people to know or take away from this conversation or? If you're wanting to hear my music, um, my album is on Spotify. um, And Apple Music. And Apple Music and Google and basically anywhere you can find music um and uh it's called moon over mountains and and it's amazing yeah it's 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 my heart baby (laughs) and with my sister and so we're the emmett sisters and so you can look up either one of those and find our music and it's it's great that'd be great it's great for kids kids love it it's nice in the car (laughs) and um and it's a nice mellow mellow tune to listen to when you're needing some medicine yeah it's so soulful mm, it's, it's i mean yeah it's like a a feminine nako oh i mean oh, softer but yeah but like yeah i mean just kind of thinking what yeah anyway some of his music but anyway um great <laughs> great sarah i'm just so mm. grateful to get to be in this space mm. with you having this conversation um, I hope I hope um, that 
our listeners are getting something good out of this and if they have any questions now they can reach you you can always reach me noah at heartseedhealth.com um always happy to answer any questions and i might as well let people know that um rachel does a monthly mama's movement dance with livia shapiro um and you can get the details for that on our website if you're listening and this is your first time welcome hope you enjoyed please feel free to subscribe um and you can subscribe either on our website or through the itunes or spotify or any of that good stuff and um if you do sign up through our website you'll get the newsletters with what i think are somewhat insightful (laughs) words um and the mood boost playlists links come through there as well every week so um hope you enjoy your day and if you were driving a car or riding a bike or cooking while you're doing this or walking the dog whatever it is hope you're just feeling a little bit more present a little bit more vibrant and vivacious and uh breathing more deeply uh thank you so much and feel free to share this with someone who might enjoy it who would benefit from knowing a little bit more about Ayurveda or Chinese medicine or music or just who would enjoy listening to Sarah's beautiful voice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so thank you, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Oh,
wash away her fears, her sorrows and her pains. There's no turning back. The cocoon begins to crack. But oh, the seeds we sow must break. Open in order to grow Shed their skin Allow light to breathe in Shed their skin Allow forth what's within sing, let them rise and let them fly, the time has come, the old day is done, it's time to see that we are free, to let it be, to let it grow, to let it go, and let it go, and let it go, and let it go, and let it go. Oh, the seeds we so must break open in order to grow shed their skin allow light to breathe in shed their skin allow forth what's within shed your skin allow light to breathe in shed your skin allow forth what's within Sun comes in in rays, blinding her eyes and warming her face. She begins to sing and opens one wing.